Hardly think as you call me deep 
Well, good morning. How are we? Good morning. Happy 2021. We made it. We got through the end of Jumanji. We finished 2020. Rolling in now to the new year. It's so good to have you with us uh, as we start up this new year. A couple of quick announcements I want to throw your way. Number one, uh, if you're a guest with us today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today. Uh, If you are a guest, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, If you've not uh, worshipped with us before, you can simply just text the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298. That's the number on the screen. Just text the word CONNECT there. We'll shoot you a link. Tap on that. Answer just a couple of quick questions just so we know who you are and how we can pray for you, minister to you in the best way possible. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, But we're so glad that you're here worshiping the Lord with us. As we worship together, we're going to be standing, we're going to be singing, we're going to be praying, we're going to be studying God's Word together, we're going to be giving. Giving looks a little different for us for right now. Um, We've got some buckets on the side. You can um, give as you leave, or you can give online, southviewbc.com. You can give online there, whatever suits you best and easiest uh, as you continue your generous and very faithful giving that you had throughout 2020. But as we begin 2021, i got a couple of announcements I want to throw your way. First, uh, we're going to have a church cleanup day, January 9th. That's this coming Saturday. Uh, we're going to come and clean up and hang out and have a great time together. If you'd like to be a part of that, text the word CLEAN to the number on the screen. 910-424-1298. We'll have a good idea, number-wise, who we're going to be having. If you're a journey group leader, ministry leader, we really encourage you to be here and be a part of that. If you're a journey group leader, a ministry leader, and you're not going to be able to be a part of it, let us know so we can communicate with you and figure out what we need to do with any things that you might have. But that's going to be next Saturday. Text CLEAN so we know who to expect uh, as we're just coming together, hanging out, and doing a little work around the house here. Also, beginning January 24th, we're going to start a new members class. Uh, It runs for three weeks, uh, beginning on the 24th, during the 9.30 hour right here. Um, We'll have one of our classrooms set up uh, where you can go for three weeks in a row at 9.30. We kind of walk through what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a part of a church, and then what it means specifically to be a part of the church here at Southview. If you'd like to be a part of that, just text the word MEMBER to our number as well. Uh, So you can sign up for that. Going to the class does not make you a member. It doesn't obligate you for anything, but it's that next step for you to learn about the church, learn about who we are, and uh, that is the process for becoming a member. So we love for you to do that. We encourage you to do that. Starting January 24th, just text MEMBER uh, to sign up for that. You know, as we roll into this new year, uh, this morning in my time with the Lord, I was reading a scripture the book of Lamentations, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. This is a scripture you may be familiar with. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, as you look at that scripture, there are two words, steadfast love and mercy. So steadfast love. Uh, it's a Hebrew word called chesed, right? you got to get in the back of the throat, chesed. 
It means this covenantal love, this never-ending, never-breaking, never-stopping, never-shaking love of God that is not dependent on you, but dependent on God. Isn't it so great that God's love for you is not really about you, it's about Him? That is great, because if God's love for me was based on me, I would be in a lot of trouble. God's never-ending, never-shaking love for you. It does not cease, it does not stop. And it says his mercies never come to his end. His, his mercy talks about his, his kindness, his compassion. The fact that he is willing to give himself for you over and over and over and over and over. Okay, is there, don't raise your hand and do not look at your spouse if it's them. Is there a person in your life where you have given to over and over and over and over and over? And if you're honest, there comes a point where you just think, I don't believe I can give anymore. What this scripture is telling you is God never gets to that point with us. His compassion, his kindness, his mercy, his giving to us never ends. It's brand new every single day. What a great verse to begin a new year on. His mercies are not only new every morning, they're brand new at the beginning of every year. And so as we begin 2021, I want you to begin knowing God's love for you cannot be shaken and his mercies for you are brand new right here, right now. Brand new. They never stop. So let's take a little bit of time this morning as we begin our worship, just praising the Lord for that. So I want to ask you just to bow your heads for me. And as we worship the Lord together, just sit for a moment and meditate on this never-ending, never-shaking love of God. It is not based on you, but based entirely in Him and who He is, His character, His nature. Meditate, set your heart on these, this, compa- this compassion, this kindness, this mercy, this constant, habitual pouring out of Himself for you. Every single day. You wake up tomorrow morning and God is pouring himself out on you again. You wake up the next day, he's pouring himself out on you again. It never stops, it never ends, it never ceases. And as we begin a brand new year, that truth being settled in our hearts is going to be life-changing. So God, I pray over us today that the truth of who you are, that your love for us is based in you and not in us, and that it cannot be shaken because you cannot be shaken. I pray that that truth is is settled deeply in our hearts. And the fact that your compassion, your kindness, your mercy, your giving of yourself to us keeps coming and going and going and going day after day after day after day, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we do with it, no matter how bad we mess up, we wake up the next day and you're still giving yourself to us again. I pray that this becomes a driving, driving truth in our lives where we get to wake up every morning excited because you are pouring yourself out on us even more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray your blessings over us in this new year. Not just that good things happen to us, but that we understand that you are the greatest thing that is happening to us. And your loving kindness will not cease and your mercies will never end. And you're going to keep pouring yourself out on us because that is who you are. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. 
It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Stand with us as we celebrate these truths through song, through prayer, and through the preaching of the word. His mercies are made new every day. And that we are renewed through Christ Jesus our Lord, our way maker. Let's sing together. You are here.
don't feel that you're working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see that you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. Never stop, and never stop working. Never stop, and never stop working. Even when I don't see that you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working, never stop, you never stop working. It will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. by your glory what will my heart feel well I just for you Jesus oh and all of you be still well I stand in your presence to my knees will I fall will I sing hallelujah will I be able to speak at all
is forever, forever worship you.
may be seated. Oh, well, if you have a Bible, let's find John chapter 15. John 15. And what we're going to do is... Spend the next several weeks working our way through John 15. And we're doing this on purpose because as we're beginning the new year, we want to talk about what that looks like for us individually and what God desires for us going into 2021. Uh, So beginning a new year, Everyone is looking at uh, New Year's resolutions, right? So, all right, so throw them out to me. What are some popular New Year's resolutions? Lose weight. Exercise. Get healthy. Better finances. Right? All very popular New Year's resolutions. Get closer to God. I did a little Google search of popular New Year's resolutions. And, you know, it's, it's pretty standard, what you would imagine. Eat healthier, lose weight, get out of debt, travel more, spend more time with family and friends, things like that. However, can we be honest as well? New Year's resolutions, the word resolution comes from a Greek word meaning broken by February. 
fact, I got a buddy of mine that uh, he is a competitive weightlifter. He uh, competes in bench press competitions, right? So he's one of those guys that has to walk through doors like this. In true story, he doesn't even go to the gym in January. He takes the whole month off. The resolution people are going to be there. I'm not going to get to my stuff. It's going to take forever. So he takes off the entire month of January. He said, I'll go back in February. They'll clear out by then. And I got another buddy of mine that owns a gym. They make, uh, for gyms, they make the bulk of their money for the year in January. It's like their Black Friday. And they know, here's the deal, they sign you up for a yearly contract, right? And they say you can cancel it any time, but they know you're not going to. Because if you still pay that $10.99 a month, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm still going to go. So they know you're not going to cancel it. You're going to keep paying it. And they make all their money. So here's the question. If, if we do these New Year's resolutions, but to be honest, and I throw myself uh, in the midst of that as well, I break a lot of mine also. If we don't really keep them a ton, why do we do it? And I think the reason we do it is because there is placed inside of you by God, a desire to grow and mature. I believe that is in every person. Why do we love New Year's resolutions? Because there's something in us that we know does, we, needs to be different, we want it to be different, and we think, you know, flipping a calendar over is going to you know, magically make that happen. But what I want us to do for the next several weeks is to dive into John chapter 15 and see, okay, I'm not so much concerned about us going after New Year's resolutions. I, I want us to go after this the way that I think the scriptures go after it. And that God's desire for you is that you would bear lasting fruit. And there's a big difference. New Year's resolutions is that thing that you think you need to do and so you try to do. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But spiritual fruit is a different thing. Spiritual fruit, as we're going to see in John 15, is something that bears and remains. God is desiring for you to grow and mature and bear spiritual fruit that isn't going to wither and fade away. But you're going to grow and mature and be genuinely changed by the glory of God for the glory of God in 2021. So let's jump in together. We're going to read John chapter 15, okay? John 15. We're going to read through verse 17. Just to kind of get an idea, and then we'll hone in specifically on one verse for today. So John 15, let's start it in verse 1. This is Jesus talking. And he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give it to you. These things I command to you, that you will love, so that you will love one another. All right. So, we're going to work our way through John 15 over the next several weeks, okay? And as we go through this, we're going to do a couple of things, right? So, so for today, we're going to set kind of a foundation for us, all right? And then over the next several weeks, we're going to be walking through how do you go about bearing lasting, supernatural spiritual fruit. We're going to talk about you abiding in Christ. What does that mean? Abiding in God's word, abiding in God's love. We're going to talk about the pruning process, God cutting things out of your life. What does that look like? How do we do that? So we're going to walk through all of these things, all these important, significant truths that are going to empower us by God's grace to be able to bear out some, some amazing, lasting fruit. But for today, I want us just to, again, set a foundation, and we're going to hone in today just on verse 16. So focus in one more time just on verse 16, John 15, 16. Look what Jesus said. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he might give it to you. So all I want to do today is set up two big ideas that are going to be the foundation for everything else over the next month and the foundation for the, the spiritual growth for all of us by God's grace for years to come. All right? So two big ideas that are foundational for all of this. We've got to get these two truths so that everything else can build off of it, all right? Big idea number one is this. It is God's plan that you will bear fruit. It is God's plan. It is his perfect plan that you will bear fruit. It is not a maybe. It is not a possibility. It is not, gosh, I really hope so. It is the plan of God that you will bear much fruit for his glory. All right, look again at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. It is understood in the New Testament that Christians bear fruit. The Bible knows nothing, nothing of fruitless Christianity. It is a foreign concept to the Bible. People who profess the name of Christ say they're Christians, but bear out no spiritual fruit to back that up or show that in any way. That is a foreign concept of the Bible. In fact, we're not going to have it on the screen, but if you're, if you're following along in, in your Bible or on your phone or whatever, look back at verse 2. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Fruitless branches are cut up and thrown into the fire to be burned. That's an analogy of hell. Fruitless Christianity doesn't exist. 
It is God's understanding. It is God's plan. It is, it is set up for you as a Christian to bear fruit. And the Bible talks a lot about fruit. In Matthew chapter 3, it says you're going to bear out the fruit of repentance. In Matthew chapter 6, you're going to bear out the fruit of sanctification. In Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Hebrews 12, the fruit of righteousness. You're going to bear fruit. All right, so real quick, let's figure this out. What does that mean? What does it mean to bear fruit? To bear fruit as a Christian really in essence means that, that you bear out the life of Jesus. If you're as a Christian bearing fruit, if you're as a Christian are growing in the Lord, if you're as a Christian are bearing out that fruit, what you're doing is you are bearing out, you're, manifest, you're manifesting, you're growing in the very life of Jesus. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. They're not going to be on the screen, but just listen to these. John chapter 12, this is Jesus talking. John 12, 24. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. In John 12, Jesus is talking about his crucifixion and resurrection. He's saying, look, think about gardening or farming or whatever. In order for you to plant a seed, something had to die. Right? If you're planting an apple tree, you got to pluck an apple from that branch. The second you pluck it from that branch, it begins the dying process. Right? You have cut it off from the source of life, and it's starting to actively die. And you cut that thing open, and you pull out a seed, and you plant that seed into the ground. The only way a seed can be planted into the ground is if something died first. The apple had to be plucked from the life source so that a seed can be taken out and be put into the ground. And this is the way Jesus is describing his life. In order for Jesus to bear out spiritual fruit, that being you, someone, Jesus, had to die and literally be planted into the ground. When you think about the crucifixion and resurrection, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, the, the, the imagery just never stops. Jesus is literally planted into the ground like a seed. He comes back to life, bursting out of the grave. In his resurrected life, and then able to bear out resurrection life in you. Jesus quite literally is planted into the ground in his death and burial. And risen to new life and resurrection. And as you believe by faith in Jesus, Jesus is planted in you so that he can bear out fruit. This is the whole point of Christianity. Christianity is not just Jesus died on the cross so that you can be forgiven and go to heaven. That is true. But, but there's more going on before you get there. Right? Jesus gave us life for you in order that he can give us life to you so that you can then have his life lived out through you. His desire is that you would bear his life out. This is bearing the spiritual fruit. It is God's plan that you would bear fruit. Jesus died and was buried and rose again and gave you his life so that you could bear out fruit. And that fruit's going to keep on going if you... Look and see, again in that verse 16, it says, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So as you go through that, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Those are three present active subjunctives in a row. In other words, it just means this ongoing continual action. He's, he's saying here in verse 16 that you keep on going and keep on bearing fruit and that fruit's going to keep on abiding. Jesus died and rose again and gave you his life through faith 
so that you keep on bearing more fruit and more fruit and more fruit and more fruit. This is the plan of God. I've got really, really good news for you going into 2021. I've got no good news about uh, a pandemic or a vaccine. i got no clue. It may cure all of this, or you might all sprout a third arm out of your back. I have no idea. I have no clue about a next um, uh, uh, administration. No clue about the economy. No clue about lockdowns. I don't know anything. But I do know this. I can give you one good piece of news for 2021. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it is God's ordained plan that you bear out amazing, life-altering, never-failing, never-fading fruit. That is his plan for you in 2021. And that is going to be amazing. We're going to be able to get to the end of 2021 and stand right back here again together and say, all right. In fact, we were driving here this morning. And I was talking to my wife, Marie, and we, we were driving, and I said, man, is it already January 3rd? My 2021 is almost over. And I said, I wonder what life is going to look like July of 2021. You know something weird is going to happen, right? You know it's not going to be like January 3rd, Like right? Something strange is going to be happening. I just wonder what it's going to be. I have no idea. But no matter what it looks like, no matter what comes, it is the plan of God that you, his child, bear out lasting, forever, never-failing, supernatural fruit. And it is extremely important as we walk through this for you to have that truth deeply implanted in your heart. There's not varsity and JV Christian, right? It's not these guys bear fruit and these guys are just trying to survive. It is God's plan that every single one of his kids bear out the unbelievable supernatural fruit of Jesus' life in you. That's his plan for you. All right, so that's foundational truth number one. It is the plan of God that you bear out fruit. All right, big idea number two. Big idea number two is everything in your life is perfectly used by God to bear out fruit in your life. Everything in your life is perfectly used by God to bear out fruit in your life. Look again at verse 16. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So there are two words I want us to kind of focus in on, okay? Two words. First one is choose, right? You did not choose me, but I chose you. Same word. It's eklegomai in the Greek. It means to pick out, all right? So, so like there's a group of things, and you picked one out from it, all right? So what's happening is he's talking about salvation. Uh, in salvation, God literally comes and he plucks you out. He picks you out. He, he, he chooses you. He elects you. He saves you. So you were chosen. You were picked out in salvation. So you did not choose me. It's not that you became a Christian because one day you woke up and said, you know what would be a great idea? I'm going to follow Jesus. And, and I love, for, for those of you that became a Christian as an adult, 
you know this much better than those of us that became Christians as kids, right? So like for me, I'm very open and honest about this. I want my children to grow up and have very boring testimonies, okay? I don't want, and by boring I mean I don't want my kids to be at youth camp. It's Thursday night youth camp. And it's testimony night, and everyone says, get the Lynch kids to get their testimonies. They got a good one, right? I don't want that. We all know what good testimony means in the church. But if you grew up not knowing Jesus, and you became a Christian later in life, you know better than anyone, you didn't choose Jesus, Jesus chose you. Right? You know that. You're like... I have no idea what happened. Like, last night, I couldn't find my pants. Today, I'm reading the Bible. Like, I have no clue what happened to me. You didn't choose Jesus. Jesus, by his grace, chose you. He saved you. And then, that next word, he appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit. The word appoint means to place somewhere. Literally, again, this this fruit idea of planting. So here's, oh man, this... This is going to be phenomenal. God saved you and then perfectly placed you in the absolute perfect situation for you to bear as much fruit as possible. So here's what that means. Wherever you are right now, whatever situation you're in, whatever stage of life you're in, that is the perfect place that God has you to bear out as much fruit as possible in your life. Nothing gets wasted. Everything has a purpose. Every situation, every circumstance, every stage of life, you are placed in it by God for the purpose of bearing as much fruit as possible. Certain fruit can only grow in certain soil. This is why apples grow mainly in Washington and oranges grow mainly in Florida. Because different fruit needs different soil, different climate, different environment, different kinds of care. Same thing spiritually. There are only certain kind of spiritual fruit that can grow in certain times of your life. There is spiritual fruit I have in my life right now that I've, God's, by God's grace, has borne out in me that could only have come through times of hardship and trial. If I didn't go through that difficult thing, there's no way I'd bear that fruit. Same thing for you. Whatever it is you're going through right now or will may experience in the future is the perfect place that God has you to bear out the fruit he wants to bear out in you. The problem, brothers and sisters, is we spend all of our time trying to get out of stuff rather than asking God what he wants to bear out in us through this. Does that make sense? We're trying all we can to get out of a situation, out of this difficult time, out of this job, out of this relationship, out of this marriage, out of this hardship, out of this trial. i got to get out of this thing. Because this is hard and I don't like it, so I need to get out. But according to John 15, 16, he chose you and appointed a perfect place for you to stay and remain and trust him so that he can bear fruit out in you that you could not get anywhere else. Where you are is where you're supposed to be. My encouragement for you, and I don't even know who you are, stay there. And let God bear out his fruit in you. He's got something he wants to do in you. It, it, or if any of you are gardeners, so if you plant a seed for a flower or something, you, or you plant that seed, you water it, and you just kind of stand there waiting, 
right? It's been a couple of days, been a week, been two weeks, you're not seeing anything. That's not good. So you dig it up and you go put it somewhere else and put it down there. Wait a little bit, wait a little bit, don't see anything. Well, that's not good. So you dig it up and you put it somewhere else. Is that ever going to grow and bear any fruit? No. Because all you're doing is moving it from soil to soil, but never giving it an opportunity to stay, grow roots, get deep, and actually bear out fruit. Could be the reason you're not bearing out much fruit. Because you keep trying to run away from the soil God has you planted in. He chose you. He perfectly appointed the soil in which he desires for you to bear out as much fruit as possible. Stay. Remain. Let God bear out his fruit. God's desire for us is that we would bear out the life of Jesus. As we bear out the life of Jesus, we're going to manifest the fruit of life in Christ. If you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree that's going to bear apple fruit. Orange seed, orange tree, orange fruit. What happens when you plant Jesus' life in a person? Well, the point is, you plant Jesus in a heart... You're going to get the life of Christ growing out, bearing spiritual fruit of Christ. God's plan is that you would bear out fruit. And he's accomplishing this, not through better habits, not through determination and self-will. The fruit that Jesus desires to bear out in your life only comes through you submitting your life to Jesus Christ and allowing him to do this work in you. Let him bear out the fruit in your life. It is God's will that you would bear out the supernatural life of Jesus Christ, his fruit. And everywhere that you are planted, in every situation of life that you're in, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, everything, Every situation in your life is perfectly designed to bear out fruit that can only come in that situation. When you sin and you fall and you struggle, there's fruit that God wants to bear out in that because in that struggle and in that falling, you begin to learn that God's grace is still there even for me in this. When times are good and amazing and glorious, and I can't even imagine how great life is right now. There's fruit that God wants to bear out in you where you're trusting Him and praising Him and not thanking yourself for how great you've got it. There's fruit that God wants to bear out in you that can only be done in the unique soil that has you planted in. Trust Him for that. So, When we think about this idea of bearing fruit, as our band comes up, I want to read one more scripture to you. It's from the prophet Hosea. I love, I love the story of Hosea. I've talked about this before. I love Hosea. By God's grace, he's going to let me preach it one of these days, preach through the book of Hosea. So Hosea is a prophet of God. He speaks for God for a living. One day God goes to Hosea and says, Hosea, I got a message I want to give to my people. Hosea says, yes, give it to me, God. What is it? It's all right. So Hosea, the message is this. My people have sinned. Yes, they've sinned. 
My people need to turn from me. Yes, they need to turn from you, turn to you. So here's what I want you to do, Hosea. I want you to go and show them how they've turned from me. Gotcha, God. I want you to show them how gracious and merciful and kind and loving I am, even in their sin. Yes, God, let's do it. So here's what I want you to do, Hosea. I want you to go marry a prostitute named Gomer. I don't know what's worse, what she did for a living or her name. Like, I don't know. So I want you to go marry her, and I want you to love her. And I want you to know from the jump that she's not going to be faithful to you. She's going to still go after other men. She's going to pursue others. But even as she does that, I want you to show her grace and compassion and love and mercy. And as you show her that, my people are going to see that I, just like we read in Lamentations, that my loving kindness never ends and my mercies are new every single day. And in the midst of all of that, we get Hosea 10, 12. As God is calling out to his people, calling them to repent, calling them to turn back. In Hosea 10, 12, he says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. What God is saying to his people in Hosea, and what I believe he's saying to us as as well is this. Look, it's time. It's time for you to bear out the fruit that I am desiring to bear out in you. But here's what you need to do. Break up your hard ground and seek the Lord. Have you ever met a lazy farmer? No. Farmers aren't lazy. I mean, they're up early, they're working hard, they're up late. Not many days off, not a lot of vacation. They're working hard, they're working hard, they're working hard. But at the end of the day, a farmer cannot make a seed germinate and he cannot make rain fall from the sky, right? On a certain level, the farmer is just dependent on God. But the farmer doesn't sit on his couch and say, hey, listen... Growing crops is God's business. If he wants to do that, he'll do it. What's on Netflix? Even though God has to be the one to bring the rain and God has to be the one to bring the produce, the farmer is still out working, toiling, breaking up the hard ground, making sure the seed is getting what it needs, making sure he does whatever he can to put it in the best circumstance and the best situation to bear as much fruit as possible. And this is the way he's describing your heart towards God. But God is the one who bears out the fruits. God is the one who does that supernatural work. God is the one who puts Jesus' life inside of you and bears out the fruit of Jesus' life in you. But it doesn't happen by magic or accident. We must seek after the Lord and break up our hard ground. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about specific ways that we do that. Trusting by faith in Christ's life in us, spending time in God's word, what it means to be faithful in prayer, God's pruning process in our life. We're going to walk through all of these things, but but for us today, here's what I want you to do business with God about. And I'll ask you just to bow your heads just for a moment.
just for our two big foundational truths. Have you bought into the lie that spiritual growth is for other people? You've tried it and it just didn't work. You stumbled, you fell, it just didn't work. This morning, I I want you to allow the truth of God to be planted in your hearts that it is God's will for you to bear out the fruits of God in your life to bear out the fruit of the life of Jesus in your own life that is God's will for you maybe you fell maybe you stumbled Proverbs 24, 16 says, The righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. I love that verse. The righteous fall seven times. It does not say the righteous does not fall. The righteous falls a lot. But what makes, what bears out righteousness, it's not that they do not fall, but that when they fall, they get back up. By God's grace. So for you, maybe you look back on 2020 and you don't really know that you bore out much fruit. No condemnation. Hey, the righteous fall seven times. But get back up. It is God's plan that you would bear out the fruits of the life of Jesus Christ in you. Second, are you trusting God for the situation that you're in right now? to be the absolute perfect place God has you to bear out the fruit that he wants you to bear out? Are you trying to figure out some way to jump in someone else's soil? You can't look around at someone else's life and say, I wish I had their life. Number one, if 20 years of ministry has taught me anything, trust me, they got issues they're not telling you about also. And second, that's the perfect soil God has for them right now. Apple trees don't grow well in Florida and orange trees don't grow well in Washington. It's not the soil that they're made for. Trust God. Trust God for where you are right now and what He's desiring to bear out in you. And lastly, have you even had Jesus planted inside of you by faith and salvation are you even a Christian today I want to encourage you God's desire Jesus Christ died and was buried and rose again so that you can be made new so that you can have your sins forgiven so that you can have a absolute fresh clean brand new life in Jesus Christ today maybe today you need to trust by faith in Jesus Christ his new life given to you Today, you just simply say, Jesus, I give you my sin. I give you my shame. I give you my past, my present, my future. I give you my everything. Be planted in my life and make me new today. And if that is what you're desiring, let us know. 
We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you bear out fruit. Our band is going to lead us in a song, and we're going to stand and sing and worship the Lord together. I want to encourage you. You're welcome to come down to the altar and pray. You're welcome to grab someone and ask them to pray with you. You can pray right where you are, whatever you'd like. But I want to encourage you this morning. Praise God that he is desiring to work this fruit out in you. Praise God that he knows exactly where you need to be to bear the most fruit as possible. And praise God that you can trust him to do the work. Today, today we lift our voices praising the Lord for the great work he's doing in us. So God, we just thank you for this. I ask you, Lord, by your grace, that you would, for every one of us, you know exactly where we are, exactly where, what you need to be working in us, what you need to be doing. I pray, God, that you would encourage today people who aren't sure if you're really working in their lives. I pray, God, that you would encourage those today who are discouraged about where they are planted in life and what's going on. I pray, God, that you would allow your grace to abound in our lives and see you bear out much fruit. Thank you, Jesus. pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand, guys. Let's worship together.
not sing us all. May we worship. God, I pray that the word of this year for us will be Jesus the Christ calls us to flourish in you, Lord. Calls us to do good things for the kingdom. Calls us to suffer for your name's sake. Lord, in all things, bring us back to you ever closer that we may walk in the knowledge and the grace of Christ Jesus. We belong to him by your majesty and your grace and your mercy. We ask all these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.